people always look for the, they look at the edges. They look at like the, the next fad diet, the next <laughs> like exercise program, but neglect the, the foundational stuff that they should be doing. Too, too often, like we, in our profession, we get asked the question of, well, what, like what exercise should I do? What's this new exercise or what supplement should I be taking? Or where's like, if we would draw a pyramid, like the foundation, this is the stuff we're talking about is good sleep, good nutrition. And I almost, you know, get been in the industry a long time now. I almost like shirk at those conversations because it's just like, well, like we're missing the forest for the trees. And in this moment, I swear, we are infinite. Let's do this. Come on. Mounting. It's too damn hot for a penguin to be just walking around. Three, two, one, eagle. Are these two doctors? I'm afraid so. Cooper, Lachlan Ross, we're back. Welcome. Episode, oh, episode number four of the Virtus podcast, season two. Season two, the Big Rocks. Yeah, tell me about the Big this, Rocks. This is going to be a good one. I think uh, a lot of people are going to get some get some value out of this conversation. Uh, the the Big Rocks. I think this this is going to be a pretty tactical conversation. There's going to be some tangible things that people can walk away and start to influence straight away. Uh, but essentially, the, the big rocks are the the big things in our life that contribute toward our health and well-being. It's like the low-hanging fruit that we can pick up and run with and um, make the biggest change to to how we feel. The foundation. It's the the shit that we know we should do. But sometimes we're too too much. We follow our lizard brain too much, and uh, and and we we lean into our uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Our primal uh, urges more than we should, and we make poor decisions on the things that we know we should do. Yeah, yeah. I don't I think, think any think- any of this is a technical problem people aren't missing the information we know we should sleep we know we should eat good food we know we should hydrate we know we should move so then the conversation is around okay why don't we do these things yeah none of this is groundbreaking stuff either it's all pretty it's all simple things that we need to do to to survive and to feel good yeah i think i think that survive let's change the word survive to thrive because we can get by on on inadequate neutron inadequate maybe the right word we can get by on poor nutrition we can get by on low hydration we can get by on four hours sleep we can get by by sitting down and doing fuck all all day but if we want to thrive and live a life where we're able we're able to have the capacity and grow the capacity to do all the cool shit we want to do then these are more imperative than anything else we do yes thank you for coming to my ted talk and we're done and we're done let's um Let's frame this conversation a little bit more around uh, maybe the, the time that we're in now um, where uh, I think people are neglecting these, these big things because of the state of uh, like fear and anxiety that we're, that we're in during the pandemic. Uh, 
And then I think the other thing is that this good sleep, good nutrition. And I almost, you know, get been in the industry a long time now. I almost like shirk at those conversations because it's just like, well, like we're missing the forest for the trees. There's here are the things that will help you improve more than everything else. If you're ticking those boxes, um, ticking them consistently and doing it well, then we can have the conversation around, you know, what, uh, what superfluous supplements do we add to make you, you know, that 1% better. But if we're missing the you know 80% at the other end, then, um, then we're almost wasting our time having those conversations because, you know, if you're, <clears throat> if you're having four hours sleep and, you know, want to take some melatonin to, to improve that four hours, you probably should just find a way to, to extend those, that sleep out. So you're actually getting to get more quality <laughs> sleep and having those three things. So um, yeah. I think yeah. it's uh, making, make sure that you're, <clears throat> making sure that the basics are ticked off and, and, you know, saying things like do the basics well and, and the fundamentals, like, you know, there's cliches like the basics are the basics because they work. It's a cliche. It is. Here's another cliche. Cliches are cliches because they are things. It's mostly mostly true. So, if we can get our say, head around say cliches three times fast. Cliches, cliches, cliches. <laughs> we can get our head around doing the basic shit well. Then you know whether it's whether our goals are centered around athletic development, whether they're around you know taking over the world from a business perspective or, you know, just looking after your health and well-being and your family. Like if we can do these things well, we have more capacity to do those things. If we don't do these things well and we want to look after our family, we're, we're going to be short with them because we're tired and lacking in sleep. We're not going to have the energy levels to be able to run after our kids. We're, we're not going to have the, uh, have the capacity because we're dehydrated to actually talk around the things that we want to talk about. Um, yeah. So it, we, yeah, we give up so much if we don't do these things well. Yeah. And the thing about these big four rocks or the fundamentals or the basics is that they're not sexy. We can't um, like sleep can is dress the them sexiest up thing in the world. Want. Sometimes. Look, I agree with you. I'm on the same page, but uh, yeah, they're, they're basic things that we know we should be doing but we're always looking for the the sexy thing or the shortcut or the, the one percenters. Yeah. We're looking for the, do, the dopamine like, serotonin dumps that come from like the short term gratification, which impact yes. these more than we probably realize. Um, you know, whether yeah. it's scrolling on our phone or having a, a beer instead of some water or, you know, having the third body connoisseur for the week rather than, you know, having a banana or an apple or something like that. Like there's the, yeah. there's the gap. Um, it's the you know what's what we want now versus what we want later. It's it's almost they're competing commitments. Yes. Yep. Well, let's get stuck straight into to what the four rocks are and the format for this is. Let's just dive into each each rock, uh, explore it a little bit, give you some strategies, and then we'll kind of wrap it up at the end. Yeah, and and each one of these, like just to to preface this conversation we know that it's like an infinite uh, deep dive that we can take um, on each one of these. Like there's an immense amount of nuance and almost dogma that we could dive into and try and peel apart the differences and things like that. But I guess the aim for this conversation is for everyone just to leave 
knowing, okay, well, here's a couple of things I can do to improve my sleep. Here's a couple of things I can do to improve nutrition, movement, et cetera, et cetera. Here's a few targets that I can try and hit so that I know that I'm going to be more capable down the track. And, that, and that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. That's what we're We've on. done a little bit of research. We've done, done a little bit of research. All right, Karen. Our own experiences and... Yeah. Um, and uh, this this conversation's backed up by we've both spent been in this industry for ten years. We see what works, we see what doesn't. We follow the research, but we also have a a level of a, a big bank of anecdotal evidence that we see works. Um, so, I guess the the conversation around these four things we're going to talk what's optimal and what's optimal is going to be different for every human being. Okay, there's there's no uh, argument there. Um, if Simon and I are pretty similar, similar body shape, similar, like I'm obviously more jacked and better looking and things like that, but we're very similar. Uh, <laughs> my mum would think differently. Uh, please. Um, we're very similar, but if we ate exactly the same thing, trained exactly the same way, slept the same and cell and hydration, drank the same amount of water, then we would still have different outcomes and we would have slightly different outputs. So it's important to understand that um, you are all unique little snowflakes, um, but the basics that make up the the optimal, trying to get to the optimal level are pretty similar. And then there's, you know, nuance and, and shifts from there. So let's get stuck into it. Let's get into movement. We can start with movement. movement. Yeah, let's start there. I think it's um, like, this is one of the cornerstones of what we do at Vertis. Uh, we, we get, we help people move well and move yes. often. Um, and, uh, stealing that a little bit from FMS, but that is essentially what we what we want to communicate: that daily movement, uh, regardless of. Let's take a, take apart the intentional exercise part for the moment, yeah, because of course that's important. But we're talking about uh, moving the whole system, our our body, regularly throughout the day. Yeah, yeah. I think we can we can look at it <clears throat> almost two sides of the conversation. There's the the health side of the conversation of movement and then there's the performance or training side of the, of the conversation and you can't lean into the training side uh, the performance side unless you've ticked the box of the health side okay so um, the health side is being free of pain being able to to move well um, to not have any uh, we use the term handbrakes at Virtus is to not have any handbrakes is for us to be able to perform the things we need to perform um, and adapt the way we need to adapt without any negative consequences. So um, the term functional uh, has been bastardized by BOSU ball salesmen and people who do shake weights and stuff like that. But what the, the important part of functional is it's your ability to adapt to an internal or external stimulus and it's the ability to pick up the kids or it's your ability to uh, go for a run and do these things without pain and do these things without making you worse. Um, and that's the most important part of movement is we want to make ourselves better. We want to grow our capacity um, to be healthy. And then we can add the capacity from a training perspective, which is you know, teaching all your body systems to do more and be better. And then obviously you get to the point if we're talking a continuum or a body triangle, it doesn't matter. But if we get to the, towards the end of the con performance continuum, that's going to impact on your health. So if you're training for, say, 
an Ironman or you're training to be a, a top level, you know, whatever it is, then you're going to give up some health at that end. But the basis of what allows you to do that is that big, strong base of health and well-being to start off with. So yeah. I guess what are the, we talk about daily movement versus training. What are the things that we can do from a daily movements perspective um, to allow us to be healthier and happier? Um, yeah, full stop. Question mark. Question mark. I think uh, at the moment it's, it's more difficult because we're stuck at home and we're limited by how much time we can spend outside and where we can go. But I think uh, a simple way to move often is to uh, get up from your desk, get up from your workspace and walk around the house or go for a walk outside. Um, I think we we're in a society or a culture where we're sitting down for eight hours plus a day. We're sitting down more than we sleep and we need to almost take all the opportunity, every opportunity that we can in order to get up, move and, uh, like express ourselves in a physical domain. Yes. Yeah. I, th- I think the like simple targets for that is like, a, I don't know, whatever arbitrary number you choose to do, like every hour you, you move for 10 minutes or you know, every day you try and hit 10,000 steps and you spread it out however you want. Or, you know, the, a big aspect of what we do at Virtus is teaching people to understand what they need um, and how their body's feeling. So, you know, breathing correctives and bretzel is how we kind of unlock that um, at Virtus. And if you don't know what a bretzel is, just Google it. Um, jump on the Virtus YouTube channel. I'm pretty sure we've got a couple of videos explaining it. But the bretzel is like a, a diagnostic tool to go, okay, how am I feeling? What do I need? And those clients, members that we have that are working from home at the moment, my suggestion is, all right, jump into bretzel every 20 minutes, every 30 minutes. Just go, okay, what am I feeling? And then give yourself that. It might be... Just some some mobility. It might be just be a movement flow. It might be a, a, a mobility session. It might be just some crocodile breathing. Whatever it is, allow yourself to ensure that you're not losing capacity by sitting all the time. Um, and yeah. the, the issue is that we we take it too far the other way and we go, okay, well, I've been sitting for eight hours. I better go smash myself training for an hour to make up for it. Whereas mm-hmm. like anything, we're going to be better off little bits at a time. Um, if well, you that's eat, the trap eat an that we elephant, fall into. You're not going to try and eat it all at once. One bite at a time. One bite at a time. Uh, we, yeah, we fall into that trap of uh, letting ourselves off the hook because we say we tell ourselves that we train at a, at a high intensity for 60 to 90 minutes every day yeah. um, or every second day. But if we look at the whole day uh, or the, the whole week, which is 168 hours oh, instead of doing th- three maths. or four quick maths, three or four training sessions a week, then there's 164 other hours in the week where you're either sleeping or more likely than not, you're sitting down, working, eating, um, like socializing. Yeah. So we need to take, as I said before, we need to take every opportunity we can in order to, to move, to explore different ranges of motion, to explore different movement patterns and positions. And uh, this contributes to our global health. Right, use the word, the term global health. This is very good. Thank you. And da- daily walking is like the most under, under 
uh, understated, underutilized, or, underutilized yeah. tool. Like, just get out and get moving. Like, if you do your 10,000 steps a day, every day, then you are going to be incredibly uh, more mm. healthy than you would be if you did. Like, full stop. We've had so many people in our community who have not necessarily been training as often, but they've been walking every single day. Yep. And the the health benefits of, benefits of that is uh, staggering, really. Yeah. It, it's, doing, it's too simple. Like, it's not sexy. <laughs> like, we're I mean, told we need high-intensity interval training. We're told we need to smash this up. We don't. We just need, no. you know, from a daily movement, like, if you hit 10,000 steps and do some mobility work, you don't need to do a session. If we want to improve capacity, then we add sessions, but it's we add something that allows you to be consistent over a long period of time. That's what works. Um, it takes time. Good shit takes time, and I think it's important to understand that from a movement perspective. And then once we've got that health under wraps, and again, I say once we've got the health under wraps, your health doesn't have to be perfect for us to work on performance training. They will work together, same as you know this, the other big rocks we talk about. Um, yeah. But the, the beautiful thing about walking move. as well is that we can walk with other people. We can socialize. We can hit that kind of connection pillar. Mm-hmm. We can listen to a podcast or an audio book and hit the learning, learning pillar. Um, or we can go walking without any other stimulus and practice some mindfulness. So yeah, some space. two birds, one stone. You know, tricks killing two birds, one stone. Uh, I don't. Oh, big rock. Little birds. That's one. Relevant joke. Awful joke. Awful, but relevant. Um, so that's movement. Yeah. Well, I think the uh, the other side we didn't speak about was the training side. Um, and yeah. And the the uh, capacity building performance side of of movement, which you know we could we'll get into another on our podcast. But the way we look at movement. Oh, the way we look at training is it's same uh, same pyramid as, or similar pyramid we were talking about before. Movement comes first. We want to move well and move often, like you said. We don't. We want to be free of pain. If we're free of pain, then we build capacity, and if we can build capacity, then we build conditioning and aerobic uh, capacity on top of that. So capacity is just strength, speed, power, all those kind of things. If again we can work on if we have an injury in a certain area, we can still work on capacity. But what we need to understand is that if we're missing a gap with capacity, then the, the foundation of that pyramid isn't going to be as strong. So mm. if for those out there training, make sure what you're doing is actually making you better. That's it. Movement down. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just layers, right? Just layers. Health, health comes first, then function, then performance. Yeah, they, it's, they come, they are layered, but they're also intertwined. So know that if you focus on health and then you can, you can focus on performance and know that it will improve your health if you do it the right way. Yep. Love it. Next. Let's, let's chat. Let's chat nutrition. Nutrition. Good. All right. <laughs> well, super simple. <laughs> let's go. Uh, it's so, and this is the thing about nutrition. It's, it's such a deep dive and, there is so much dogma around nutrition that I just don't want to borrow it. But here's the thing. All that matters with nutrition is good quality food until you have a specific goal that you want to 
uh, you want to achieve. So for example, most of the goals around nutrition are either lose weight, uh, increase weight, so increase body, like improve your body composition to increase like muscle mass or it's improved performance, right? Mm -hmm. All three of those, you need a high, you need high quality nutrition. You need good food, um, which is important for all your body functions, right? From a health perspective. But if the goal is to lose weight or put on weight and that's the only goal and there isn't the health goals that come with it, um, then all that matters is your energy balance, full stop. Like if you want to lose weight, put yourself in a calorie deficit, full stop. (laughs) If you want to put on weight, put yourself in a calorie surplus, full stop. Do that for a long period of time and you'll get where you want to get to. Yeah. Learn how to track your food, learn how to track your calories, learn how to measure what you're actually putting in your body because most of us grossly other grossly underestimate the amount of calories we actually eat and the amount of energy we actually eat. Um, And that's like, that's all nutrition has to be. Um, And then you start building things around health, which is don't subscribe to a diet that, that cuts out any big chunk of food unless you have a specific intolerance to that food. Um, Mm. And I think the, the most important thing with diet and sorry to steal all of this, but the most important thing about diet is you still want to eat the food you love. Like we, uh, we get one life. If you want to eat a fucking toasted cheese sandwich with like 17 different types of cheeses, load up on that because it's probably delicious, but know that. That's my lunch today. (laughs) Know that if if you want to achieve certain things, there's going to have to be a little bit of sacrifice. You can still eat the food you want, but you've just got to track your calories and make sure that you're not, you know, if you want to lose weight in that calorie surplus, it's good. Nutrition is just about like fighting or fighting is maybe the wrong word is the competing commitments between what you want to eat and what you should be eating. Like everyone knows good food and bad food. Mostly. Yeah, for sure. Be a fucking adult about it and, put the right thing in your book. That's it. Full stop. It's, it's simple when we look at it like that, right? Um, yes. What's healthier, a piece of fruit or a chocolate bar. Yeah. And we know the answer. We can try and justify, <laughs> justify the other way. Like, yeah. But we, we're missing, again, we're missing the forest for the trees. Yes. Uh, and I think one of the, the biggest things about nutrition is it's uh, just being consistent over time. Like we need to, if we want to, if we want to see a change in our goals, yeah. um, like it, it, let's say we've nailed the basic nutrition quality food thing, yeah. then if we want to see um, progress on whatever goal we have, whether it's body composition, whether it's performance, then it's just a matter of being consistent over time with what we're putting in our bodies. Yeah, being consistent, but also being precise. So yes. if, if you've got in your head, oh, okay, well, I need to be in a 10% calorie deficit and you're not measuring your food, but you're like, oh yeah, I'm in a calorie deficit, but I haven't like mm-hmm. I'm I'll put on five kilos. Well, you're not in a calorie deficit. So like yes. this is this is the yeah. um you can't like with nutrition, what's the James Clear quote around your habits? So your outcomes are a lagging, uh lagging effect of your habits, right? If you your habits aren't precise and you're not actually in that calorie deficit, then you are not gonna lose weight no matter how much you tell yourself, like the story you tell yourself is built around, well, I'm actually in a calorie deficit. Yeah. But not, and they're, they're like, 
it's so easy for people to argue about that, but it's just, it's the case. And I don't give, I don't give a flying fuck whether you're on a carnivore diet or you're eating vegan or you're on a, you know, you're intermittent fasting, whatever. Um, it's, it's so simple. You, you don't have to eat your body type. You don't have to eat your blood type. You don't have to eat certain foods when the full moon's coming out. Like just put food in your body that you know will make you high, improve your capacity to do things. Um, if you want to drink a beer on a Friday night, drink a beer on a Friday night. If you want to have five beers, drink five beers. But just know that every there's cause and effect to everything we put in our body. We can, there's cause and effect to everything we do, but just to talk about the food conversation, there's cause and effect. If you decide to have, and it's all decision-based, if you decide to have you know, a, a, an energy drink and a coffee for breakfast, that's going to inf- impact your energy input. Um, it's going to impact the lack of nutrients you're getting and it's going to impact how you feel throughout the day. It's going to impact whether you achieve your goals that you want to achieve or not. So, you know, food, food makes me mad because everyone argues over just nuances and, <laughs> and like, I, I don't care what you put in your mouth. I don't care what you put in your body. I just know that there's yep. a consequence to whatever you choose to put in your mouth. Yes. Yeah. Maybe yep. that flipping attitude needs to change, but, um, there's, a, there's definitely a discipline component to this. We need to be disciplined with what we put in our bodies and we need to be disciplined with the decisions that we make. And yes. like with any goal, it has to be measurable, coming back to that precision thing. Yep. Uh, we need to be able to measure what we're doing. We need to be able, it needs to be realistic. So we can't expect to, if, if our diet is rubbish right now, then completely shifting gear and going onto a, cutting everything out of your diet that you are currently reliant upon may not work because you need to be consistent with that. So everyone knows yo-yo dieting, what it is and why it doesn't work. Um, yes. It's all around. So, so it's just, it's making small changes every day. Exactly. Exactly. Um, making the right decision more often than not. Yeah. Cause yeah. Yeah. Last thing you want to do, if if you love beers, uh, you know, if you want to get around the boys Which at Blue do. Room Blue Room Brewing, our our first sponsor, Shout out. <laughs> then get around the like, enjoy that beer. Don't like mm. um, beat yourself up. Oh no, I just had three beers. I'm such a piece of shit. I just had three beers. How good was that? Now you know, let's let's make sure I'm hydrated and let's make sure that I have a good breakfast yep. tomorrow. Let's make sure, you know, the, and in terms of a training perspective, the way I look at the way I look at food is every, we talk about pre-workout, post-workout and all that kind of stuff. Every meal you have is a, a preparation for what you want to do next. So if I have yep. something shitty for breakfast this morning, there's a good chance I'm not going to feel great throughout the day. And it's going to impact how I'm feeling. Like sure, I can supplement, yeah. supplement with a bulk caffeine, but I'm eventually I'm going to hit, hit, hit the wall. So um, just eat good food. We need to eat. We need to eat the way we want to perform. Uh, want to perform at a high level then we need to eat high quality food and eat at a high level take our take our nutrition really seriously uh it's the same it's the same with each of these four rocks if uh we're looking like really looking after our sleep and really looking after our movement but our nutrition is through the floor then that's the the low-hanging fruit that we can start to improve on yeah and it's the, the supplement conversation right like if we need to make sure that we're 
putting good food in our body before we worry about like whether creatine is going to help us get that little bit extra. Move the Wait a minute. So you're saying that, are you saying that supplements are merely a supplement to our diet? Um, no, I'm saying that, uh, yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> they call supplements for a reason. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the last thing I want to say on, on nutrition is actually two things. One, be kind to yourself. You mentioned that. Uh, and, and improve your relationship with food. Food is there to, to, to um, uh, nourish us. It's not a, we can look at it as a, as a tool, but it's also there to um, provide nourishment and provide happiness. And we share meals with our loved ones. That's another thing that we can kind of connect food to. Um, so that's sort of one, one thing. But the other thing is, and this is maybe a little bit more tactical, is the 80-20 rule. Ooh. If we look at, okay, if we yeah. look after 80% of our diet, but give ourselves a little bit more flexibility over the 20%, then that's a win. And that's coming back to like the 20% is having a, an ice cream after dinner or having a beer on a Friday night. Um, yeah. Or having a, going out for, with friends and having a burger. Yeah. Days don't really exist anymore. So it'd be a last night. It was delicious. So clown that's the thing it's it's the self-discipline um it's like the self-discipline self-respecting thing of like put good shit in your body but then also the self-care of like if you feel as though this beer will help make you feel better and give you more capacity and more space to do good things tomorrow then drink the fucking beer or gin feel good play good oh feel good eat good play good i had a uh, drops of juniper gin last night did you Oh. Second, second shout out. Oh, yeah, good. Just playing um, our, our own businesses. I love it. Um, let's um, let's talk about hydration, which is pretty much hand in hand with nutrition. All right, here's hydration, and this is this is these are the notes I've written for hydration. Don't be shit. Be an adult. Drink your fucking water. That's it. Drink two to three liters of water a day, depending on body weight, uh, and then carry on. Carry on with your life. That's it. Put less processed, shitty drinks in your in your body, like your Cokes and your uh, juices and your whatnots. Um, and you know, the most, the simple analogy or the simple way I like to look at hydration is what percentage of us are water? Like depending on what textbook you read, it's like 70 to 80 something, whatever. 70, 80% of us are water. Uh, think of all the body processes, all the bodily processes that happen, cellular processes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Think of how many of those rely on adequate or optimal hydration for them to be able to work optimally, right? As soon as we drop below that optimal level of hydration, the shit that our body does starts to uh, work less efficiently. Whatever, whatever way you want to put it. The processes don't work the way they should. Okay, so our body's got to make concessions and it's got to, you know, pick and choose potentially what it uses the water source for. So just drink your fucking water. That's it. Be an adult. If you're hungry, eat food. If you're thirsty, drink water. Drink water before you're thirsty. Yeah. Um, and for those listening at home, I'm drinking water right now because I'm a, yeah. I'm a self-respecting adult. Hold on. <laughs> well, it was uh, fun. Like last week for the COVID games, our, our challenge for the week was drink three liters of water a day. Mm. And... Three wheat, three liters is a great aim to start at. Like most people will need maybe two, two to three somewhere in the middle there. But it was a big eye opener for a lot of people of like, fuck, I'm not drinking enough water. 
Um, everyone's like, I'm peeing all day. I'm like, yeah, you'll get used to that. Like your body will get used to having that extra water there to utilize. Um, maybe don't try and don't drink a liter at once. Give your body like a little sips throughout the day. But um, it showed, you know, we, the reason why we're talking about big rocks is because a lot of people don't move enough. A lot of people don't eat quality food. A lot of people don't hydrate enough. A lot of people don't sleep enough. And yep. these are the things that will allow us to do all the cool shit we want to do. People come to us and go, oh, I'm not yeah. losing weight. I'm like, well, then let's focus on the simple shit. Let's not worry about the, oh, I want to do more more high-intensity interval training in our sessions or I want to, I want more core training. I'm like, well, no, you don't. You just, are you sleeping enough? Are you having your three liters or two and a half liters or whatever it is? If the answer is no, then like, you know, it's almost come back and <laughs> let's talk about it when you're ticking that box. Yes. Yeah. So what are some... Uh, what are some like tactical things that people can do to drink more water? Um, well, everyone's going to be different, but I think having a, um, that's a very flippant answer, but having a, just having a drink bottle with you all day. I use these glass bottles because it feels nice to drink out of a glass bottle. Um, are these bad boys? Oh yes. This is a, I think this is a liter. Yeah. So, so buy a nice um, drink bottle or, you know, I've reused gin bottles because I like the cork and, and stuff like that, but I just have, three of these in the fridge. So I know that there's always going to be chilled water um, or, you know, if it's freezing cold, then I just tap it. But I always have this with me, whether it's on my desk, if I'm working, um, you know, we have it on the brekkie counter when we're at Virtus there, like there's always, always have water around you um, and just try and have a target here. Um, and we break it up. So I think if I, I want to have three liters a day. By lunchtime, I want to have had a, a liter and a half, which is two of these bottles. Yes. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to, going to say. Break, break it up into manageable chunks. Like, and another, another thing that you can do is set alarms on your phone every hour, every half an hour to have a sip of water. Or if that's going to be super annoying, just have uh, an alarm at 10, an alarm at 1, an alarm mm -hmm. at 4 to say, uh, this is when you should have at least drunk a, a water bottle or something. Yeah. Try, train yourself to link it with other activities. So it doesn't matter whether it's water drinking or not, but you know, when you do this, you also do this. So it might be, you might go, okay, well, every time I check Instagram today, I'm going to grab a drink of water. Yeah. There you go. Just fix the world's hydration problems. Only eh? uh, Anything more on nutrition, hydration? Um, no, just make the right decision. Be an adult. <laughs> and I say that knowing that I don't always make the right decision, right? There's a little bit of tongue in cheek there because I will eat shit food on occasion. I will, you know, drink a beer more than I should. But the majority of time, if you do the right thing, you'll get to where you want to get to. All right. And I can't overemphasize how much, how important tracking your food is if you're going to lose weight. Learn that skill because it will stick with you for the rest of your life and change the way you think about nutrition. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is probably worth saying is if you are serious about uh, tracking your diet or if you do have intolerances that mean you, you need a tailored diet, then go visit a dietitian or a mm. nutritionist. They're, they've studied three or four years at university to... Uh, to do this. So it's worth um, going and visiting them and getting a, uh, an opinion that is qualified. 
<clears throat> yes, don't follow Instagram diets. I want my car fix. I'm going to go to Pete Keck, the mechanic. I'm not going to go to Instagram diet. Cheers, guy. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Right. Uh, sleep. Talk to me. <laughs> what do you want to know? <clears throat> sleep is the most productive thing we do. This is something that as a, uh, what's the best way to put this? As a driven young professional, I, not so much now because I'm really working on it as a focus, but early on in my career, starting a business, you know, being a, a semi-mediocre athlete, all these kind of things, I definitely gave up sleep because I thought I was hustling or thought I was working hard or, you know, I burnt mm. the candle at both ends for a long time. Um, and sleep is the most productive thing we do. If we want to be productive, we should sleep more. That's that's pretty much it. Yes. Um, which is like it seems counterproductive. Oh, what well, I should spend less time doing the things, but it's the you know this whole big rocks conversation has been about capacity. It's been building capacity to do more things, um, to be more present, mm-hmm. to be more aware, and all those kind of things. If you sleep well, um, if you sleep regularly, like regularly as in the same time consistently, then your capacity to do things will increase tremendously um and i'm you know the the argument around i'm oh i work better at night oh i'm a morning person or i'm not a morning person whatever no one's a morning person until you start getting up in the morning early in the morning like it's a it's a learnable skill right yes everyone wants to sleep in everyone wants to have the you know the extra beer or the the ice cream at night everyone wants to drink coke instead of water you know we train ourselves out of those habits but it feels better to do those things. It feels better to hit snooze like I did this morning and I was late to our walk. So I apologize. Okay. But this is the, this is the thing. Like if we can create a, of these four big rocks, this is the biggest rock. If we can create sleep, uh, a great sleep, uh, sleep hygiene and sleep cycle and sleep system and everything else gets better and easier. Yep. Yep. Um, and we talk about, uh, there's sleep quantity which is how long we're actually asleep for. And then there's sleep quality, which is maybe going, um, looking at how well we actually sleep. And yeah. if... Uh, and the easiest way to understand that is how do you feel when you wake up? Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you might wake up feeling a little lethargic if you've had a great sleep, but very rarely, like if you've had a great sleep, usually you wake up feeling pretty, pretty darn good. Yeah, I think if you... you like we could talk about this in a moment, but if you wake up in the middle of a sleep cycle, mm. um, then you might feel a bit groggy. But once you get up, get moving, um, and you assess how well you slept, then that's maybe a little bit more of an accurate reading. Definitely. Uh, and you know, there's so many apps and, and, and um, tools now that we can use to track our sleep um, and to track the quality of our sleep. You know, that yep. There's measured by our movement and things like that. So there's no shortage there's tools for all of these, all these big rocks. There's no shortage of sleep tools. Yep. Um, and that's the thing. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of research out there on sleep and someone that's really leading this field is Matthew Walker. Um, I always forget which university he works at, but um, he's created, he created, he wrote a book called why we sleep, which is immense. Um, yep. And it talks about, you know, sleep cycles and he talks about the different stages of sleep and, and what, what their role is. And why certain uh, 
second order consequences come from us not sleeping well um, or not yeah. getting to bed early or, or whatever. So you actually learn, you know, learn a lot about the consequences of, of not having sleep rather than just, oh, sleep's good, you know, you have more sleep, um, which is true. But you know, the, yeah. the biggest thing I learned from him was we talk about sleep hygiene a lot um, mm-hmm. and, you know, no, no screens you know, an hour before bed and all that kind of stuff. But really how you spend your day determines how you sleep and what the things you do throughout the day determine how well you sleep. Like we, we, sh- we look at that hour or half an hour before we actually go to bed. We really need to look at the whole day. Um, and, you know, we talk about, talk about systems last week and around creating a system that allows you to get the best sleep possible. Like I don't, yep. buy, like he doesn't buy into the fact that people, some people can survive off four hours of sleep. Most, if you want to thrive, you need to have seven to nine hours of sleep. Yes, some people It'll, can. Yeah. Can um, sorry, we could all we could all survive off that, but we're not going to be our best selves. Um, That's it, and it'll catch up. It'll catch up with you later on. Yes, like, lack of sleep has been linked to things like cancer and diabetes and heart disease, and is a carcinogen. Um, yeah, and, and uh, in in Matthew Walker's book, he talks about he talks about the fact that not there's no one process well every process in the body on a cellular level even can be improved with sleep or is negatively impacted by lack of sleep so yes and that's that's backed by by science and evidence so it's not we are, we are slowly dying right one day at a time if we are if we <laughs> sleep less we are slowly dying faster yeah, we're accelerating that process. Yes. And so if we're looking for longevity and we're looking for to, to live our, our life the best way that we can, yeah. then sleep is a, a big rock that we can If we sleep improve. well, we impact our ability to be less shit <laughs> yeah. and to make right decisions. And, and then the, the movement conversation and the hydration conversation and the nutrition conversation are impacted because if we're sleeping properly, then we have higher capacity to make those good quality decisions we've all been you know up late at night whether it be you know sitting at home watching a movie or out drinking beers where we make shitty decisions because we're tired and we're unable to to process these things properly um yep should we talk about sleep cycle or sleep cycles and um the different types of sleep because i think yeah let's touch on that let's touch on that briefly yeah so uh, for, for those that don't know there are three three main there's three types of sleep right there's deep sleep there's light sleep and there's REM sleep which is rapid eye movement each one has a as like a specific role um deep sleep is around information storing it, it takes it's almost like you take all the information from the day and it stores it and it, it reinforces it and then light sleep um so deep sleep happens usually as soon as you go to sleep okay so that it's it's imperative that you get to bed early. Most of us would have heard the saying like sleep's worth double before 12 o'clock. There is research to back that up. So the, I work better at night. Um, you know, I'm going to stay up till 2am doing my work. You are negatively impacting your sleep. If whether you feel as though, feel as though you, uh, it's the case or not. Um, Matthew Walker's, uh, research has shown that even the people that think they work better at night, they don't. 
they they have a lower ability to make the right decision and things like that. So um, buy the book or listen to his, he's got a couple of Google talks. Um, he's on been on Rogan and Ferris and stuff, but that I think that's how I first heard of him. Rogan. Yeah. That was one of the biggest takeaways from that. It's just like, even if you think you're fine, you're not, you're you're decreased. So um, yeah, deep sleep information, storing light sleeps, information learning. So it's, it's drawing, uh, drawing lines between all of the information that you learn. Um, and then REM sleep, which, um, you know, is where you dream. That's your, your creative time, creative sleep. That's where you're making sense of all those information in your, your, um, combining it all. And your, your allows you hmm. to like, um, have creative and emotional insights. So, um, we go through those cycles, those three things during our sleep cycles, which in 90 minutes, two hours, depending on. Typically, yeah. what you read um, and it can greatly impact our how we feel when we wake up um, if mm-hmm. we wake up in the middle of one of those sleep cycles so this is why creating a consistent yeah. sleep um, you know block might be you know 10 to 5 or 11 to 6 or whatever it is if you want to hit seven hours um, is it is incredibly important because then your 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 brain will begin to optimize that block yeah yeah and there's heaps of uh tactics and tips and tricks and and things that we could tell you in order to get a better night's sleep like there's um i don't know take a hot bath before bed i'm sure that'll help you fall asleep but if we are stripping it back to the very basics to the most simple things that we can start to implement in our day-to-day it would be to have a, a consistent uh sleep routine and have a, a almost like a hygiene routine before you in the hours leading up to bed. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think number one is just know when you go to sleep, know when you wake up. Um, mm. Don't keep your body guessing. Just tell it what the fuck it needs to do and do it. And then just like create sp- spoken about boundaries a couple of times on podcasts lately. Like it's creating boundaries around when you want to sleep, like protect your sleep with your life because it is life and death for your ability to do the things you want to do. Um, yeah. You know, like if we stay up later than we should, our ability to store that, the information we learned throughout the day is decreased. If we get up earlier than we should and, and say miss the, the light sleep, which tends to happen um, later on during the night, we lose our ability to retain that learned information. So, yep. you know, there's, there's cause and effect to all this stuff. And there's many second and third and fourth order consequences to having a shitty night's sleep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so definitely having a, a strict, maybe not a strict, but a fairly regimented sleep routine or sleep schedule is, yeah. is super important. And, um, and further to that, I think if you are waking up at seven o'clock every morning during the work week and then on weekends, you blow out your sleep and wake up at midday, then that's going to affect you going back into that routine the next week. And sometimes that makes you feel worse as well. Like as yeah. much as we want that instant gratification of like, oh, how good is it going to be to go back to sleep? You know, you're going to feel worse. Get up, go get a coffee and then maybe sneak an hour and a half nap later in the day. Yeah. I mean, naps are another conversation, I think, but mm. there is definitely value to them yeah. if we, if we use them well. Definitely. Um, and, and create a, create a sleep like a almost like a 
ritual sleep ritual so you go you, yes. you do this and then you do this and then you do this and then you go to sleep and yep. you, you just just a quick google search of like what foods help me sleep what temperatures my room have to be at i think it's like 21 degrees or something um yeah you know. how much light you need you yeah so, you, so you, your room. the darker your room the better you'll sleep like no screens will impact your melatonin production you know the blue light mm. you get blue light blockers like these sexy bad boys oh yeah the blue light reflecting um all these kind of things impact your ability to for your body to produce the necessary hormones for it to get ready to sleep. Um, yes, you can supplement it, but again, supplements are there for to fill a deficiency, not to replace the the, the importance of doing this. These yeah. things. Um, here's yeah. a fun fact. And ultimately, no, you go. Yeah, go. No, you no, go. You I'll tell you my fun fact. Oh. It's not. It's not interesting. Okay. It's just a little fun. Okay. It's, it's a little fun uh, fact. It's not a big fun fact. Uh, we need to downregulate our nervous system as well when we go to bed. Ooh. Get into if a we, uh, sympathetic, sympathetic state. Yes. The rest, digest, recover state. That's, uh, that's crucial to us getting a good night's sleep and being able to fall asleep easily. If we go to bed and we're wired from watching, watching cops on TV or... Um, Sweaty. <laughs> or for, like we've just come home from a night out then then we need to give ourselves time to downregulate, to tap into uh the parasympathetic system and um and get ourselves ready for sleep and one of the ways we can do that is through breath work or or meditation or mindfulness yes. um, even something like something as simple as reading a book even Reading a book, um, gratitude journaling, whatever it is. Um, breathe, like breathing is the simplest way. Breathe like some, some big deep breaths. Some breathing. Yeah. Through those big exhale will make a big difference. Um, on the night out thing, uh, when you eat can also impact how well you sleep. Um, this isn't a conversation about uh, your body storing fat or anything like that, but it just impacts your body's ability to switch everything off. Um, Alcohol is one of the worst things that you can do for sleep. So on the conversation yes. of the beers before, if you need it for your, uh, need it for your mental health is probably the wrong word. If you need it just to switch off or whatever, understand that, but know that it'll impact your sleep on the other end. So um, with these big rocks, if look at, okay, well, first order consequence to having the beer is I have a beer. Second order consequence is that I feel better uh, because it allows me to relax. Great. Third order consequences that all affect my sleep. So all of these things have a trickle down effect to how they affect the other things. Um, yeah. If you if you slam, you go. Oh, I've only had a liter of water today, and slam a liter and a half before you go to sleep. Probably gonna have to get up to piss. So, yeah, know that <laughs> all of these things have consequences, and you just need to, yeah. um, you know, almost like cost benefit analysis. Go. Is this beer going to help me more in how I feel, or is it going to impact me more by how I sleep to impact how I feel tomorrow? Um, yep. and as we know, happiness, uh, hangovers, just steal happiness from tomorrow. So carry on. Yeah. Um, two last things for me on this is caffeine. Uh, if you are an afternoon coffee drinker, then, uh, and you think that it doesn't affect your sleep, then understand that it probably would does. Um, if you, if you, even if you can get to sleep, it'll impact your ability to have high quality sleep. Yes. It's more the quality thing. Um, I mean, for some people, they just can't get to sleep. Like the 
the quantity will decrease, but the qu- the quality will definitely decrease. Yeah, and caffeine has a half life of like three to five hours, I think. Um, so, so if you have a three pm coffee, um, you know potentially it's still like there's going to be remnants of it in your system ten hours later. Yep. Uh, the other thing is is going outside during the day and getting sunlight. Oh yeah. Uh, vitamin D, we know that it's good for us. Um, just being outside, I think is good for us on like a primal level even, but having exposure to the sun helps regulate our hormones, um, and enables us to regulate our sleep patterns. So go outside when it's sunny, um, when it gets dark, go inside, start slipping into that, uh, nightly routine. Definitely. Yeah, and I think just as closing thoughts on this, these four things we can argue about which one's more important, but if you do all of them pretty well, then you're well on your way to be able to add capacity down the track um, and just know that you don't have to be perfect with it. You don't have to beat yourself up if you, you know, have a shitty sleep or, or whatever, but use these as the foundation to creating the life that you want to live because... I can tell you firsthand that you are a much better person if you've had a good sleep, eat good food, move lots and hydrate because I'm a piece of shit if I don't do those things. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a kindness to yourself and it's a kindness to other people. <laughs> yeah. Don't be shit. And do uh, good things. Keep doing good things. Yes. I think that's a cool way to finish. Oh, yeah. Um, and if you need yes. any help on this stuff or want to lean into it or, or have a conversation around it, um, please reach out to us because that's what we're here for. This is what we do. Um, this leads in really well to next week's conversation, which is energy generation. Um, mm. Basically, it's how do I create or how do I generate energy to do all the cool shit I want to do uh, without feeling like yeah. I'm, I'm uh, relying on borrowed time or relying on caffeine or relying on these things. How can I create space for me to do cool shit um this will be a part of it purpose and passion will be a part of it intention will be a part of it so yeah i'm really looking forward to that conversation likewise Likewise. uh it's been fun see you team bit of a longer episode but uh yeah i hope that was i hope there's heaps of value in there for you see you on the next one there is one more thing been emotional.